Hello and welcome to House of Wine, the podcast. This podcast will help you deepen your intimate life with God, give you practical insight in how to develop a rhythm of prayer, and finally ground your journey in a revelatory discovery of the scripture. Thanks for joining me. On this episode, I am joined by my wife, Chloe Bowles. She is a mystical creature filled with the beauty of Jesus. She is dripping with a tangible reverence for God, yet her insight into his nature is both grounding and accessible. Together we have pursued a holistic life that is wrapped in communion with the Holy Spirit and have learned about the Father's love as we have built a life around being in the presence of Jesus in a place of consistent prayer. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Yeah, so welcome, babe, to the podcast. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm really good. That's good. I'm really good. How are you? Well, I'm good. We talked before. We had some chocolate tart. It was delicious. So <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to stage your, an, uh, an introduction right now. Um, but yeah, really excited to have you on the show, obviously. Um, and this season, we're talking about the glory and nature of God. So mm. we're talking about um, some of the foundational belief systems that help frame how we interact with God and how we relate to him, mm. basically. So why don't you, considering this is your first time on the show, um, well, this is only episode three of the show, so of course it's your first time, but um, why don't you share with the listeners to begin, um, I guess, when you first encountered the reality of God in your life? Mm. Well, I guess I became a Christian about seven years ago. I had an encounter with the Lord and I didn't have a grid for God at all. Um, I didn't grow up in a family that worshipped the Lord. Um, We went to church every now and then out of obligation, but um, yeah, it was never something that was a priority in my family. So I feel like I would, yeah. I'd say I'd never knew God before then. And I had a really crazy encounter where, um, to cut a long story short, he basically revealed his trust in a moment where I felt really weak and like I really needed help. And I was in a pretty low point in my life where um, you and me were dating, um, but we had met in a bar and we were pretty heavy into drinking and smoking and... um, yeah, just living toxic lives. And I just think I hit a point where I just had had enough and I was sick of being confronted with the mess that my life was producing. And um, yeah, I remember hearing this voice in a moment where I just needed help saying, do you trust me? And I, um, I had nothing left. And so I was like, yeah, I try and trust you. And in a moment I completely sobered up. I was very drunk. Um, and I remember calling you cause you were away working and you kind of, I told you what had happened and you were like, oh, babe, I think you just, um, I th- think you met God. <laughs> I think that was the spirit of God. And I was like, you're crazy to even think that. Um, that's definitely not what this is. I think I'm just experiencing something that like, maybe I'm just losing my mind, but it planted a seed in me. And I think you and me went, we went on a journey from then. And discovered the goodness of God that I had never been told about in my life before. And then I would say, fast forward maybe two years, and I feel like I allowed myself to, I, I made a choice to actually believe that God was as good as he says he is. Um, And I remember being at a Jesus school and I was doing all the cooking for it in Darwin. And I was confronted by just the message that you guys carried, but the life that you also lived. There was no separation or any difference between it. And it was really confronting to me because I see your life, obviously. Um, And I, yeah, I just remember having 
the choice. I feel like sometimes we don't believe that God's as good as he says he is or that he's as mystical or um, complex as we believe that he is because we just we don't choose to actually believe it or see it or because fear actually stops us from giving ourselves to something because a lot of the time before you know God, the question is like, if I give myself fully to this, what am I going to lose if it goes away? Um, and so, yeah, I think for me, that was the biggest thing, just like choosing to surrender my whole life in that moment and let the Lord just have his way in my life completely. And ever since then, it's kind of been this deepening and um, developing journey of the joy of the Lord. And, um, yeah, his spirit made manifest in my life. So so you kind of went from um, sort of an introduction to the Lord, like he spoke to you in a moment where you were weak. Yeah. And then you have this um, radical kind of opportunity to fully surrender yourself to the Lord. Um, Just for those who don't know, the Jesus School is just a discipleship school uh, that we were a part of, um, yeah, birthing and through YFC Australia, which is a, a youth organization. So um, if you want to check it out, go onto YouTube or whatever. Um, but yeah, I find it interesting that the initial experience is more the Lord finding a moment of humility and weakness mm. to lead you, like to introduce himself. But then the second encounter is kind of around his nature. And yeah. I think I feel like that's so important. I think what it seems that what makes it really hard for people to give of themselves entirely is because the nature of God is often so misunderstood and it's so shadowy. And that's kind of what we've been discussing is like, Mm. who is the father? Like what makes him um, so safe? What makes him so, um, yeah, enjoyable to be around basically? Yeah, so when I first encountered the Lord, just quickly, because this is, um, I, I still, like, even if I didn't understand or fully give myself, the Lord still showed up in my life to the point where I stopped drinking straight away, I stopped smoking mm-hmm. straight away, um, I was heavily medicated for OCD and anxiety, and I felt compelled by the Lord, and I felt an invitation from the Lord to just stop my medication straight away, even though all the doctors told me that it would make me crazy and I didn't have any side effects and I haven't had any issues with anxiety or OCD since. Um, So it definitely, there definitely was an impact that showed me that God was real. Um, But I think there definitely was a journey to then actually living out the fullness of mm. what he paid for. Mm. Um, and I think I think sometimes, for me personally, I think I got lost in the hype of having an encounter and having my life radically changed that I didn't necessarily pursue the Father as um, Father, Son and Spirit and a holistic family. Um, and I think that's potentially what made me get to a point where I was like, I'm still... I'm still not satisfied, God. I'm still not satisfied because I know that you hung on a cross for me to experience way more than what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, who is the Father to you? Who is God to you? When you think of him as a person, as a person that we're actually growing in in fellowship with, like who who is he to you? Because... I know I've obviously you know I've had a sim we had similar experiences where our life was disrupted by yeah. this this otherworldly presence, this person, this um yeah, this like this perfect being. And he introduces himself to you and and he invites you to yield your life to him. Obviously, but um you start to grow in relationship with him and you realize that he's not like anyone yeah. that you've ever known yeah. and and all the conditioning that you you've got from just experiencing human relationships and the brokenness of the world he starts to unravel as you start to see the light of his yeah. face in Jesus and so I'd love to hear in your own words like who is the father to you 
Who is God to you? Um, I think he's... I think he encompasses every aspect of any relationship you've ever wanted. So I think that he's, um, to me, he's he's warm, um, he's nurturing and kind, he's full of mercy. Um, when I when I have alone time, I see the Lord as this really big, gentle giant. Um, awesome. I think there's. Yeah, there's something that the Lord showed himself to me um, one day when I was having an encounter and he was a man, but he was very big, almost like um, how a, a genie is like really big in Aladdin, <laughs> kind of like that. Like you, you couldn't you couldn't fit in the room. Um, but I think for m- it was very important for me um, at that point in time for God to actually manifest in that way because it instilled trust that I needed um, instilled in me for, yeah, for God. So him um, showing himself as a big man that was just gentle and kind and soft and just like wanted to listen to me talk, but childlike at the same time. That's so good. Um, You know, like, yeah, sometimes we think that like I even think if you – box God in to just be a father, then you think that he can't be childlike when you tell him stories and when you come to him, you think he's just going to be like a father figure, but, you know, not have the fun and the play that child child or children have. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear as well because obviously... Um, Part of what I love about you and what I experience a lot around you, which is really good for me, um, is this thing of joy. And, <laughs> and and more than joy, it's like this thing of play and fun that yeah. is such a consistent theme in your life um, and it just emanates from you in everything that you do. And I love that because I can be really um, – it's a God-given thing, but I can sometimes be pretty intense. Yeah. Um it, and and I'm I am wired that way to some degree um, to be kind of focused and intense and diligent and and all those kinds of things. Those are attributes of who, who God is. But I love that balance that you bring, where you enjoy life, really consistently. And we have we have like at the moment, especially we have a pretty busy life. So I feel like um yeah to hear from you what um yeah this thing of God being fun. What what that how how do you articulate what you see about him that produces this this fun in everything that you do <laughs> um i think i feel like i remember a pretty pivotal time for me when i started encountering the lord in a very joyful way um when we were living in burley heads on the gold coast and I remember having this um, just like frustration because I, I think I'm a pretty creative person. I love creativity and how people express themselves through it. Um, and I'm a visual person as well. And so I remember um, I think I was watching like I love watching, you know, this. I love watching worship videos because I, I can see people in their their complete surrendered state, not caring about what anyone thinks, but so yielded and aware of their relationship with God um, that like it just sparked something in me that I was like, I want that for myself. Um, and I, I, yeah, like I see it in people who worship God with their, um, their music or their ability to sing or paint or dance. And I was like, I, I don't feel like any of those things are on my life. And I was watching a um, Stephanie Gretzinger worship video and just like the way she moved her body, I was like, God, I just, I, I love, I love it. I love her. And he was like, it's not her that you love, but it's her understanding of freedom that you love mm. um, and how creative it ex- creatively it expresses itself. And um, I've always loved food. And I love cooking and I have since I was, I can't remember, since I was like two or three years old. Um, 
And the Lord said to me, like, since when was I apart from your ability to cook? Mm. Since when was I not in the kitchen? Since when was I not the voice that actually compelled you to trial recipes and change things up? Mm. Since when was I not a God who gave you dreams for things? Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I was like, I think I just hit this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm creative with my cooking. And I think God actually speaks in that way. Cause I think sometimes when we look at Christian culture, not that I think that it's wrong, but sometimes we box in like, if I can't play an instrument or sing or paint, or if I'm not, you know, like, like if I'm not apostolic or prophetic or a teacher or a pastor or an evangelist, like, what do I have? And I, yeah, I you know, like, uh, and I think I hit that moment in my life. And I was like, ah, just, I want to express how good God is in something tangible for the world to see so that they can't deny the goodness of God. Yeah. And to me, it's cooking. And so I just remember this one day, I was like, just so aware of his presence after he kind of just confronted some belief systems that I had. And he just guided me in the kitchen. And I don't remember what it was that I made, but I remember sitting back being like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> and it just kind of, yeah, it, it spiraled from there. It became um, just like this joy where I was like, ah, oh, people cry and they're in worship because they, they experience something. But when I'm in the kitchen cooking and there's no one else around and the Lord's just instructing me, and then when I eat of the goodness of God, I partake of the goodness of God in that way, joy just started manifesting in my body. Um, and I think that mixed with, I, I remember going to a few of my first meetings, and again, not being a Christian, especially with um, charismatic Christians. Yeah. Um, like I, I saw flag throwers and fire twirlers and I was like, what are these kooky people? Fire like, <laughs> just, yeah, just like, who are ribbon, these people? Ribbon, ribbon twirlers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just remember thinking like, man, what are these people doing? This is like some kooky show here. And the Lord was like, it's not a show. It's them being free enough to just be children in my presence. Like, yeah. isn't that what you want for your life? Don't you want lay down surrender where you feel like you could run along a stage and not care what anybody thought yeah. because you were just completely enjoying yourself and what I paid for. And I think also just like allowing myself to just, yeah, I just took a step. I just took a step of faith and now I'm that kooky person that I made fun of when I became a Christian. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. And you, um, I love that you don't, you don't fit into a mold yeah. at all. And you have this ability to do things with absolute excellence. Like when I think about your cooking, guys, just so you know, um, I'm a blessed, blessed man. <laughs> I am, I'm full in, in spiritual things, but in natural food, I'm also <laughs> quite full all the time. And, um, <laughs> It's true. People have actually experienced, you know, intoxication in the glory of God when eating Chloe's food and, and yeah. had ecstatic kind of encounters. And it, it really is something special when when you get to experience something that has been created or produced out of a heart that is nourished or or just, yeah, saturated in, in the glory of God and in the love of God. And it translates into um, the world around you. And that's that's... A lot of what we want to talk about is like, how do you build a life with God in a practical sense? How do you build rhythms of prayer um, and a holistic life in his glory? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it starts with obviously answering some of these questions around who God is so that we actually realize he's He's so fun. The Lord is so yeah. fun. Like sometimes we're going through, we're going through these tricky things, these challenging times and um you know, like trials are promised and, and the Bible is very clear about that and we're living in a world that is far from perfect and we get to be part of the restoration of all things. That's like the that's the hope of the gospel. Yeah. Um, but often we go through the trial and we don't realize that there's a well of joy and of fun and of play and of not taking yourself too seriously that can be uncovered 
when we go through those mm-hmm. challenging times. And I, I've seen that um, with both of us. Like the more that we've gone through challenging times, the more we've found this um, simplicity in the gospel and this fun and this this reality of like just not taking yourself too seriously and not worrying yeah. too much about um, what people think. In, not in a sense of like, you know, sometimes people are like, I don't care about what people think and yeah. it's like you do really care yeah. but but more like more in the sense of like you you are affirmed in the Lord like you realize he is for you and sometimes the trial is an opportunity to trust. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what what you first started talking yeah. about. There's something about simple trust um and knowing your need, humility like oh man, I actually just need the Holy yeah. Spirit. Every single day, like I'm actually quite needy. I, yeah. I know my need. Like we need to start actually admitting our need if we want to um, actually build a life around the presence of God because there, yeah. there's so many um, things that are presented to you that will so easily distract you from doing life outside of God or just yeah. away from God, especially in modern Western culture where there is just consumerism and distraction and social media and all these different things. So Sometimes even... In Christian culture, it's yeah. a distraction as well, totally. you know, because the the lie is that like, but it's for God, like, so I should be giving my time to it. It's like, yeah, but is there grace for you to be giving your time to it? Or is it actually pulling you away from the intentionality that God's got you in? So true. So. Um, I would love to hear about for you how you went from, okay, so you have this this invitation from the Lord and then, you know, I, I know we've both had some radical kind of encounters and you, you have these life-altering encounters and you learn to trust Him um, in a moment. But how, on a practical level, have you um, created more of a rhythm, something sustainable when it comes yeah. to doing life with God? Because I feel like this is, that's kind of the core of what, what we're asking, what a lot of people are asking is how do we, how do we not just attend a meeting once a week, although that may be valid, but how do we do life, you know, from a place of intimacy with God where everything in our world is altered and structured around this well of life that we have to drink from? And, and yeah, so for you, how has, how on a practical level, how have you gone from those encounters to implementing that in your life? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I feel like, I feel like the practicalities look different depending on the season that I'm in, but I think what sustains me is taking the expectations off myself and expecting God to actually come through and expecting God to speak and expecting God to have the answers. I think sometimes that we actually forget. Um, he's for us. Like if God is for, for us, who can be against us? Who can bring a charge against the elect of God? Yeah. I think sometimes when we're in a trial, especially we're just like, oh, I have to get through it. And you hit this survival mode instead of surrendering your life and going, God, I actually need you. And I expect you. Mm. I have an expectation that you're going to meet me because that's the, that's part of the point of what you, you sacrificed. So you know? true. Um, so I think for me that then takes the pressure off my day to day, knowing that um, in my heart I want God. I want God more than anything. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, that takes yeah it takes the pressure off me every day. But I know, I know that I know because of my burning desire for God in everything that I do that he will actually show up. And so it might look like we're having two kids under two. Um, It might look like I couldn't have my prayer time in the morning, but I don't need my prayer time to know God Mm. because I want God. So I expect that he's going to actually show up in my day and help. You know, Um, I think practically I also... I'm a very practical person. Um, So one thing that we've been good at and we're still obviously growing in is um, we put structure in our life to facilitate the presence of God because we we value and honor the presence of God in our home more than anything else. 
And I feel like we've always had a structure in place that only facilitates that and doesn't leave room for um, anything else. It doesn't leave room for pity parties or like wallowing or not actually just like confronting God and exposing lies. And I think practically in our marriage, we're really good at that. Um, You know, at the moment we're praying intentionally together five days a week and um, for all the listeners, like we make a point of exposing lies all the time with each other or what we're feeling with each other so that only God can show up and actually reveal the truth to us. Mm. Um, And practically sometimes it's healthy to do that by yourself with the Lord but it's also okay to need brothers and sisters to remind you of who you are and your value if you're going through a rough season too. So um, I have some really close girlfriends that I also allow to speak into my life practically to remind me of who I am if I lose, if I, not, not if I lose, I guess if I lose sight or if I'm challenged and I'm not finding that anchoring in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really healthy. Um and then also, I even if it's just five minutes, like I make an intentional decision to acknowledge the Lord every day at the start of my day, awesome. every single day. Even if it, um, if I have like two crying kids who need me, I know when I haven't acknowledged the Lord because the strain it puts on my heart and my physical body is so far from what the Lord paid for. And I can recognize it in a moment. Like I'm, I'm actually relying on my own strength. And I'm not expecting that God's going to show up and I'm not giving him place to. Um, So I I know now to take a moment to actually just acknowledge the Lord and just give everything to him. Um, And I've made a practice of doing that. And I can see the change dramatically. And then humility graces you to actually move forward in what what you need to do, what you need to facilitate in your day. Um, So there's some little things that I do. And I'm just, I'm not afraid. I'm just not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid to be in the kitchen and just have a podcast or some worship music on and then just speak to God out aloud. I'm not afraid to talk to God in my car with all the windows down and some, you know, for someone to stop next to me at a traffic light and be challenged by my behavior. I'm not afraid of that anymore. I, I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to marital overshare right now, but I will witness to that, bear witness to that because when Chloe was in um, labor <laughs> with our second um, child, Caspian, who's our boy, he's about six, five months old, and we were in the waiting room. Our babies come really quick. So we're in the waiting room, and um, I don't want to go into the whole story, but with Mirabelle, we were believing for pain free childbirth. And so we were pr- I remember praying in tongues because there was pain coming. Yeah. And it's a whole other story that um, you can actually find out about that story on a different podcast called. Original design. Original design. Check it out. It's a, it's a beautiful story. But the whole point is we were believing for pain-free childbirth and then we started praying in tongues in the car because the pain was coming and we saw the pain totally disappear. Um, and it was a beautiful childbirth with our first baby. And so the second one, there was a bit of, was there a bit of pain or something coming? Yeah, or, when we yeah, got to the hospital. When we got to the hospital. And so we're in the waiting room and Chloe's like, shakata mama, shababa, <laughs> praying in tongues, like, like loud, like really loud so the whole <laughs> waiting room can there's like 15 to 20 people in the waiting room yeah and she's holding my hand going pray in tongues and i was like Should I go <laughs> like praying really softly because i didn't really i was just like so confronted with how aware of people i i was and yeah. um yeah i just love you do you do really model that i've i've been in so many moments where um the lord will you know sometimes this is what the lord does is like he just knocks on your little door, Revelation 3.20, and he's longing to come in and to dine yeah. with you and you with Amen. him. And sometimes it's not always convenient when it comes to social environments yeah. or what people think. And and I know that you can be obnoxious in, in some of that stuff, but also I feel like sometimes we make way too much allowance for where people might be at and we're, we're constantly accommodating a lesser and inferior way of life and quenching um what the Lord desires to do yeah, in us absolutely. and and we rob ourselves from actually just living and moving in him all the time and experiencing him in everything that we do. Yeah, and I think also um, without meaning to, as soon as you start to judge um, 
a manifestation of God in someone, then you give way to a pathway of religion and you immediately cut yourself off from experiencing that same freedom. Wow. I'd like that, that really hit me one day. And then I even, every time we talk about, because that labor with Caspian was only two hours from start to finish. So I wasn't in the waiting room for that long, maybe five, 10 minutes before you were like, she needs to be checked. Um, but every time we talk about it, I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, imagine <laughs> like the pleasure of God that he would have felt in that situation. Like so many people being challenged by the fact that I'm praying in tongues, but he's having fun. He's just like, this is come on, like, this is hilarious. Like, so many of you people don't believe, but, like, that's not holding my daughter back. Like, she believes that I'm as good as I say I I am. Like, and I just see him just, like, giggling like it's just a comedy to him, you know? And sometimes that just, like, releases this, like, the religion, like, all the, yeah, the religion just leaves my spirit. And I just, I can just feel the pleasure of God. I'm like, ah. It's awesome. I mean, we're citizens of another world, and yeah. and that world is the superior one. Like yeah, Jesus has been raised, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, and and he's actually all thrones and authorities and rules and and dominions have been placed under his feet, and yeah. and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and we're ambassadors of a different world. Yeah. So, if you're speaking in a heavenly language, like that's. That's like a taste of heaven. In fact, the Bible actually says that it can be a sign to the non-believer, which we won't go into. But yeah, well, I just, I just love that. Yeah, and also, like I was, I, I started to praying in tongues stopped the pain, and I stopped, I stopped experiencing any pain. And the judgment I'm receiving are from people who are going through pain, wow. and they've been sitting there for hours experiencing these heavy contractions, and they're tired and exhausted. And I'm just like. In and out. <laughs> so good. You know, like, yeah. And the point the point is not to stick it to, to people, no. but it's, it's to be yourself. Yeah. It's like religion thrives where you're afraid to be yourself. Exactly. And, and exactly. letting go and allowing the Lord to just unravel you in his love. Exactly. And just letting that, what he's doing, where he's leading you and how it, how it expresses itself, being comfortable to just be yourself is just the, of vital importance. I also just want to go back to what you were saying about being intentional when it comes to um, waiting on the presence of God. And, and actually, I, I think there's, you know, sometimes um, with like a grace message or a message of the love of God or sonship or the fatherhood of God, that he loves you no matter what you do, which is absolutely true and it's relevant to understanding his nature, I think sometimes we're afraid to just go, hey, wait a second, if you if you really want that truth to be alive in your world, you actually have to give it some space, some breathing room, yeah. and you have to facilitate the Lord. You have to facilitate the Holy Spirit in your life. And the way that I love to think about it is like if he's the guest of honor, like every day, every moment, he's the guest of honor. And how can um, we be super hospitable to the Holy Spirit and to the Lord in our our world, not just at a conference or uh, at a retreat, but actually how do we build a life around this simple desire to be connected to the face of God as a central priority? And, um, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate, we we have um, built an infrastructure of prayer, like rhythms of prayer where where every day – um, almost we have some kind of intentional time together where we wait on the presence of God and and we let wisdom come and and direct our way for the yeah. day and for the week and for the the month and for the season that we're in because I don't I I think that and I don't want this to come across really strong and maybe you can temper this for me babe but like I think it it can it can be arrogance to not need God. Yeah. It's like humility says, man, like, yeah, God, you're so good and you've made me clean and you've made me holy and, and the gospel is a, a real thing, but I need your voice and yeah. I need your closeness and I need your comfort and I need your presence every single day. And I know for us, like we 
we've just come to a point where we just we we're longing for the presence of God. Like we're longing, we're believing that we could we could our life could be like a visitation of the glory of God oh, and yeah. and we could be like that city on a hill where there's just light yeah. shining in into the world yeah. um because God lives in our home. John 14 says yeah. that he actually he desires to come to you and to make his home with you. Yeah. Like that our home would be the dwelling place of God. Yeah. So I just wanted to reiterate that like we've intentionally build um built infrastructures of prayer like a a practice of coming before the face of god together and waiting upon the holy spirit and being directed by him did you want to add anything to that yeah i think i think firstly the pivotal moment for us in pursuing the lord as a family unit was knowing that um the very nature of god is to do everything as a family himself um and so then for me, I'm like, okay, if the Lord is a family that I'm a part of, then my first priority is my relationship with God. And then after that is my family's relationship with the Lord. It's awesome. And so, yeah, it stems down. So it's between us that then covers or creates um, a lifestyle for our kids that's um, normal. We've just normalized Christianity and God in our home. Our two-year-old is having crazy encounters with yeah. God and she can't even like before she could put full sentences together kind of thing. She's just like, I saw Jesus mommy. And she's looking at her door like, thank you, Jesus. Goodbye. See you later. And I'm like, what? And I can feel the presence of God when she's talking about it. So I take it like, you need to take it seriously. You need to cultivate the practice of the presence of God and normalize it in your family. So good. Um, and so for us, we, we did that. We took it very, very seriously. And, um, yeah, there isn't, there isn't one day I can think of where we don't spend time together. And it doesn't – I think also sometimes we put pressure on ourselves because we're like, but I just don't have a quiet minute to just be in full surrender on my knees in my lounge room. It's like, yeah, but God doesn't need that either. He just wants your heart. Like <laughs> – Come on. He really just wants your heart. He wants relationship with you. And so for us it always looks different because we're we have two kids. And if I want if I want to cultivate the presence of God in our family, I can't just put them in front of a screen like you do your thing while mommy and daddy have their prayer time and don't it's sacred, don't touch them. I don't want any that's religion. I don't want that in my home. So we facilitate it. So sometimes Mirabelle, if she if she wants, she has quiet time. It's like, we're going to have quiet time with Jesus and so are you. And she's like, okay, mom. And she loves it. She has a tea party with him. Sometimes she doesn't actually want to do that. She wants to be around us. So we'll all go for a walk. And she loves that. Yeah. And it gives us space to actually talk and catch up and connect and sharpen each other and talk about what the Lord's saying and the direction of our family and where we're going. And it's such a priority to us every day. awesome yeah i just i love it i like the 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 special carved away times are so obviously important and we fight for those individually and together like guess what this is this is the hard news like sometimes you just have to stay up a bit later or you have to get (laughs) up a bit earlier and like that's the thing about prioritizing something like you I, i i say this a lot is like sometimes it's we won't miss a meal, for example. It's like you have three meals a day, no matter how crazy your life is. For most of us, we're going to have those yeah. meals. And well, you're not late to work. You're not late to work because you're getting paid. And yeah. and it some of those things, like it's not to be condemning, but it does kind of reveal the way the way um, we see the world and the lens that we're looking through. And so, like we fight for those intimate times with the Lord, like an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. Praise God if that happens yeah. on a rare day, you know. To, to wait on on him and to give ourselves to to be molded by his love that's what those times are for but the thing about drinking from that well is like it overflows into everything that we do yeah. and we don't we don't have dualisms and we we're learning more and more to not have dualisms where that's the only place that God can fit because 
it's actually what we're saying is that he's not compatible with human life and he's not compatible with messiness and he's not compatible with, you know, the areas that you're you're learning and growing in. And um, it's true. It, it is a religious mindset around who the Lord is. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is proof that God is compatible with human life. Yeah, like Jesus came and he walked the earth. He dwelt in our midst. He ate food. He drank wine. He he lived, you know, uh, in the in the sense of his humanity. He lived within the existing culture. Yeah. the The context that he lived in, he didn't he didn't like shy away from it. He participated in feasts and different things, but all the while he was revealing a transcendent reality of who God is. And I think that's that's what we're aiming for. Is like we want to live a life where we're, our hearts are set on pilgrimage. Um, and and we live for that one thing, to gaze at the beauty of the Lord and to dwell in his house all the days of our life. But then also let his house become your house. Yeah. Like this also on the earth, like we can become this resting place, this dwelling place where like God feels totally at home. When, when, he, when you walk into your living room or someone else walks into your living room, it's like the Lord lives here because they yeah. see the way that you 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 know, you steward your things and, and the excellence that's all over what you do. And that's the cooking thing for you as well. But I just love that. It's like God is absolutely compatible. Like in when your two-year-old is having a tantrum, like Amen. we've learned so much about parenting. <laughs> like it's like a crash course. And and we've learned to be so heavily dependent on the voice of God through yeah, parenting absolutely. because we don't want to, you know, parent through a... um through a penal mindset and a legalistic mindset. We want to parent the way the father parents us. And his love is so intensely unconditional. Um, so that's a whole other topic. We'd probably have to do another podcast <laughs> on parenting, which will come later. But um, yeah, I just love that practical advice that the, the cold, hard truth is that if you want to truly live in the abundance of his house, like it means that you have to, trust entrust yourself to him fully and that will look like diligence and applying practical spaces and time um to host him really well and i I think i think also in that you you really need i've learned the hard way you really need to prioritize your own relationship with god because he's the head of the home so if you're coming into a now corporate setting but you're disconnected from the head of the home, you're going to be disconnected from the whole people or the whole body as well. You're going to be disconnected from everyone else because um, you suddenly feel out of place, like you shouldn't be there because you're not right with God, who's the head. So good. You know, like if you, to put it another way, if you were to go over to somebody's house but you don't you don't necessarily... Um, get to know or connect with the father, you're going to be uncomfortable through the whole dinner because he's the head of that house. Totally. You're going to be disconnected and aware of yourself, you know. Fully. And I think that there's, yeah, even so, even when you and I pray, um, I know that if I don't prioritize my own relationship with the Lord, then I come into you and me um praying together and I'm in that setting and I suddenly am, am I'm aware of myself and um, the the comparison thoughts like, oh, you've probably spent a lot of time in prayer. That's why you're able to shuck a bubbering and really easily <laughs> and I'm quiet and I think I'll just soak and maybe fall asleep and, you know, because I haven't. I <laughs> but it's true. And I, I see so many people who are challenged by that because they're not – they don't know how to be comfortable in themselves around other people who yeah. love the presence of God and have have fought to cultivate it in their lives. And I think that's where true freedom comes is when you can come together in any corporate setting, but you're comforted by the Lord, knowing that he's there with you. He's very present. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, it really is a priority to spend time with the Lord for yourself. So good. Um, I think the last thing I'd love to ask you is around the idea of hunger and around the idea of, um, I think I said it on the last podcast, like, again, sometimes with a 
a theology, which I believe is a good theology, that we've received the entirety of God through the gospel, that like the, the spirit of God was poured out because of Christ's resurrection. He sent the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And now you've been joined to him in union and and you've arrived like you've you've um yeah you've been united with God you don't have a, a small God or you don't need more of God but I I love the language of from that place of union there's this relational dynamic where like you have a longing to encounter him and to experiencing to experience him and um even to know him on a deeper level like to to understand what he likes what he doesn't like and um what does it look like like I would love for you to share your heart around hunger because I do believe like the time we're in right now, um, man, I just feel like I'm so hungry. And and I just know in our family right now, like we are, our, our hearts are fixed on on just a deeper encounter with the Lord. And, mm-hmm. and we're asking questions. We're just saying to the Lord, like, how do we facilitate you better? Like, how do we, mm-hmm. how do we just like alter our lives to really like, to have what Paul would describe in Ephesians three to be, you know, f- to for the f- all the fullness of God to the richest measure of the divine yeah. presence to become a being who's fully flooded with God Himself. Like we're talking about experiencing a love of God that's beyond comprehension. What are your thoughts on um, healthy hunger and how to stay in a place of hunger? Yeah, um, I feel like. Naturally, we have a hunger, but if the Lord isn't satisfying it, something else is going to. Yeah. And it's so dangerous. So even like, it's not to say that I'm not content with my life because I I truly love my life only because I know the Lord that I love my life. But to say that I'm satisfied with how things are subtly implies that I don't need God any any more than what I have. Yeah. Um. And I think sometimes that can be a trap that that then leads you down the path of, I don't, I don't need God. Like I'm, I'm fine. Like I don't need to turn to the Lord, which bluntly is pride. Yeah. And God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And I never want to be opposed by the Lord Mm. ever. And so I think for me, um, you know, like being dissatisfied means like, um, not having a solution to a two-year-old throwing tantrums. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, or not being satisfied with the sex, um, sex slave industry or, um, child trafficking or abortion laws or all these kinds of things. I think to say that you're satisfied and you don't have a hunger for God to show up means that, um, either you don't believe that God actually has a justice nature for those things to, um, be done away with and abolished um, or you have a fear that God's actually not as good as he says he is. Wow. Whoa. Oh. I think you're hitting the nail, the nail on the head with that one, especially. I, I think um, often I think that a fear of God not actually showing up the way that we know the scripture communicates, yeah. we can almost self-sabotage um, in our expectation. And I think it's a version of hope being deferred. Yeah. And that's what, again, like, that's what I love. I mean, I don't love, I'm learning to love about trials, you know, where James could say, consider it pure, pure joy. joy, like consider it pure joy. <laughs> um, it's because like there's, there's a genuineness of faith that is made alive. It's in you, but it's like, it's, it's, cause to come forth if you'll choose God in the yeah. midst of it Amen. and and not not change from um your opinion about who he is yeah. your belief about who he is and I keep coming back to this because it's also important with the season that we're on about the glory and nature of God the glory is how he manifests himself and the nature is who God is as a person it's like Jesus is the final say about who God is yeah. If you're wanting to know what God thinks about the sex trafficking industry, look at Jesus. If you want to know um, what what God thinks about your situation, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God thinks about um, whatever it is, look at Jesus. Like God didn't just um, 
you know, humanity was in darkness and God didn't just throw us a little lifeline. He gave his only begotten son. Like he gave us the full package. He gave us the closest thing to himself. The prize of heaven was given to us. And Romans 8 says like, he who did not withhold his own son, how will he not through him give Give us us all things? things? And I so believe this, babe, like we're coming into a time where like, we're going to see breakthrough in so many areas because we're actually we're actually learning to believe like as simple as that as you know it may be even confrontingly simple but it the bible is so clear and and his nature is so absolute and i think we're we're really learning um to humble ourselves and to ask questions um and let god be present in every aspect yeah. of our life yeah. so yeah. i love that um we're probably coming to the end of our time and um, yeah, but I, I feel like there's so much in that. You know what? I think we might have you back for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can fit it in. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, babe, for being on the podcast. And um, I know that the listeners, I know guys that you're going to be, um, that you can just see the, the treasure chest of wisdom and understanding um, that she is. You can feel the fear of God on her when she speaks. So you guys have been so blessed. And her food is incredible. Um, I'm a lucky man in that regard. (laughs) But, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that um, you feel blessed through this podcast and that just something of the nature of God, of the goodness of God, begins to flood your world, to flood your heart, to flood your mind. And I just, I just so believe there's going to be even an increase um, in in encounters, um, an increase in your dream life, um, just just the wooing of the spirit in your heart to just come to that secret place and to really have the boldness and be brave to actually just change change your world, allow the Lord to yes. shift your world. We we if we want to bring change in culture, we really Amen. we really need to establish it first in our own world, and then we'll have the authority to see to see culture shift and to see change in society and in the world we live in. So um, yeah, again, Amen. thanks so much for listening, and um, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to House of Wine, the podcast. I pray that you would start to fall into richer experiences in the glory of God. Please subscribe to stay up to date with what we have coming up in the future. And once again, thank you for listening.